When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. I want to say hello to everybody in the chat as we get ready to begin this uh, Wednesday episode. And for those returning that are familiar with Pewter Report and the Pewter Report podcast, Wednesday is our preview show where we get into uh, the Bucks. Next matchup against their opponent this week. And They're going to lose. This is uh, an uphill battle, to say the least. Now the question is, will they lose like they did the last time they played against the 49ers, or can they put up a bit more of a fight, riding some momentum after uh, getting off the schneid with the win last week? I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds of PewterReport.com. Scott, how are we doing? Uh, we're doing great. It's a Wednesday, and I'll tell you what, I don't know what happens in November, but it just seems like like we're on, like, fast forward, right? I mean, it's like yeah. Thanksgiving's next week. Uh, we're, already we're, already into... through, we're already halfway through November, which I yeah. was on a show yesterday, and I was talking about I that. I was like, how is that possible? It just turned November yeah. 1st. Now it's November 15th, so we're literally halfway through November. It makes absolutely no sense, but oh, yeah. at least a good thing. And we talked a lot about Todd Bowles getting fired. We've talked a lot about. Well, he didn't get fired, but we. Well, like potentially getting fired at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, no, no breaking news. No breaking <laughs> right. news. We talked about yeah. maybe who could be the future uh, starting yeah. quarterback for the Buccaneers. The good thing, though, is that the Bucs are at least still interesting, whether yeah. it's they're competing for the NFC South. Yeah. Nobody or, wants to win this division. Or it's nobody the hot potato division. It's yeah. crazy, right? It's like nobody wants this thing, and 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 Tampa's in it, and uh, you know it makes it a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. We can keep one eye on the future, right? We can do that. We can do a little bit of early prognostications with draft picks and who's going to resign and all that, uh, knowing that this is probably not going to be a Super Bowl run, right? I don't think anyone's anticipating that from yeah. this team. Uh, but at the same time, Matt, it's like this team isn't dead. Even no. at four and six, which they're going to be at about seven ten Eastern time on Sunday, they're going to be four and six after losing to the 49ers. Prep, prep for it, Peter. People, get ready for it. Like uh, embrace the suck for this week, and then it will get better. Matter of fact, I was talking to Josh Capo earlier today via phone, and uh, we were both kind of like on the same wavelength. We were like, what if the Buccaneers just forfeited this game? 
<laughs> kept everyone healthy. Yes, exactly. Right. I mean, we, <laughs> we went down the rabbit hole, Matt. Think about it. Right. It's like all of a sudden uh, there's no ugly loss. So Todd Bowles is scoring defense doesn't take a massive hit by giving up 35 points again uh, to the 49ers like they did last year. When the 49ers win, I mean, this is a 49ers Bucks preview. We're going to give you what you need to know. When the 49ers score 30 points or more, they win. They're 6-0. and mm-hmm. When they don't score more than, than 17 points, they lose. They've scored 17 points in all three of their losses. They were in a row, right? The Cleveland game, the Minnesota game, the Cincinnati game. Um, but then they – they had a bye week. They got back to their their thirty point uh, barrage, and they just destroyed Jacksonville, thirty four to three, uh, in Jacksonville. But Matt, um, you save the travel money, right? Yeah. Uh, the you, you know you get everybody healthier. You don't sustain any injuries, right? You have an extra time to prepare, so you don't have to even worry about the 49ers. You just skip it, and you just use this weekend and everything to prepare for the, the Colts game. There's a lot of positives in doing that. Of course, the NFL would probably fine the Buccaneers heavily if they didn't get on the plane. Yeah, probably probably give them a draft, uh, take a draft pick away from them or something. But probably. they would be the first ever team to have two buys in the regular season, and there in a go. way, it would be it wouldn't be really paying back a lot of bucks from the from this old roster. But you'd be paying right. Mike Evans and Levante David back for having to play that season with no buy because there was a hurricane That's right? and the See? Bucks had to play 16 games in a row because the, the week Come one game down the got hole, canceled. Matt. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. It, <laughs> right. You would be paying a favor to, um, to Mike and Levante, yeah. which I think would be cool. Shout out to the long lost Glazer for this comment back to back eight and nine NFC <laughs> good champs. It couldn't happen, which is absolutely insane also want to give a quick shout out to brennan cole who says yes. finally made it to a live show first awesome. one go bucks brennan so glad that you could join us live for yep. today's show uh, appreciate all your support and uh hope you had a good time watching live and as i say that already having yeah. a better time as county buck says yep. man shut up upsets happen times go give up on life <laughs> <laughs> just keeping it real hey someone did point out that the jets beat the eagles this year i will say the Jets were the home team that came. It's a little bit yeah. tougher when you're the, the road team. I agree. Situations. Um, but we got a 1999 Super oh, Chat. Awesome. And you know our rule. You Super Chat us, you yep. cut the line. So thank you to Donta Mason for this 1999 Super Chat. It says, hey, guys, how do we end up playing at Levi Stadium again after we were there last year? Great question, Donta. Yep. So for last season they played there because the i believe the bucks played all of the uh nfc, NFC west South. or west yes correct yeah, yeah South they played the all of the yeah. nfc west so the way the nfl schedule works every year is you play two different um two different divisions so like this mm-hmm. this year they're playing all of the afc south and they're playing all of the uh nfc, NFC north. north yeah yeah um but then along with that schedule you also have two other random games obviously you play your division you play two other teams, one from the AFC, one from the NFC, and it, and it changes year by year. Yeah, because there's play, 17 games now. Yeah, so you but you that. play um, – so, like, for example, this season, the Bucs are playing – the Bucs came in first place last season. Yeah. So they yeah. play – Eagles, the, yeah. 49ers. So they, they are playing the first place team of the NFC East and the yeah. NFC – West, which is the Eagles and the 49ers. So that comes into play. I know people say it every year, and there's always one team on the AFC as well where where they do it. Um, That's why they say every year, like, oh, well, if you were a good team last season, you get a tougher schedule. 
That's not entirely true because, Correct. you know, the rest of the NFC South, the Saints and the Falcons and the Panthers also have to play the NFC North and, and, right. and things of that nature. It is a little bit true where it's like the Bucs have to play the Eagles this season because yeah. they made first place last year where the Falcons and the Saints don't. Correct. And again, things change year in and year out. The yeah. Lions didn't win their division, but they're the best team in the NFC North mm-hmm. this year. So whatever yeah. other team that they're playing. Uh, but it's a good question. So that'll change. Yes. Like next season, I'm pretty sure they end up playing uh, whoever in the AFC, the AFC West. Is it the, yeah. the East next year? Might be the East. I'll I know they play up. the NFC East. I meant like the the one singular game where like oh, if the yeah. Bucks end up first, they play the first place team of uh, whatever yeah. division next year. Yeah, so. I got it right here. So the the teams the Bucks will play in 2024 are at home: Eagles, the Commodes, otherwise known as the Commanders, uh, the Broncos, the Raiders, and then of course the division foes: the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers. Then they'll play an NFC West team and an AFC North team. And those will be teams that if the Bucs win the division again, they'll be the first place division winners in those particular divisions. And then away, they have the Cowboys. Uh, So in Dallas, that could be a Thanksgiving game. Hasn't happened in a while. That would be cool. Um, uh... (laughs) It would be the uh, the second game. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be better if they played the Lions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then not just that, like we have to work on Thanksgiving, which I'm True. usually by, by one o'clock I'm, I'm in a Turkey coma. So <laughs> that that's kind of a downfall, but they, they have away games at um, the Giants, at Dallas at the Giants. So Matt, you'll be there for that. Yeah, of course. I like that one. Uh, stopping by Bodega to get I a Celsius. Uh, the chiefs, which I'll be in Kansas city. I'll go back home and, and watch that game. The Chadges out there in L.A. And then, of course, the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers again. And then the NFC North team. So if the Bucks finish first and the Lions continue to hold serve in that division, then they will be playing at Detroit next year. Or they'll be playing at um, maybe Minnesota if Minnesota yeah. continues to win behind Josh Dobbs. Yeah, should be uh, <laughs> should be very interesting. I like Jessica Parson here saying, harnessing all bodega energy. Yes, that would be funny. Uh, we got another super chat, uh, $5 from Eric Moreno, who says, shout out to Matt Matera and Scott Reynolds, the goats of Pewter Report, the best podcast I ever watched. Let's go beat the Niners. Let's eat a W, LOL. <laughs> Eric, thank, thank you, you very much for the uh, kind words. Greatly, yeah. greatly appreciate it. We, uh, we, try to put on a, we try to put on the best show ever every single yes. episode, and you guys are the reason why we do it. You guys make it so much fun, and Something yeah, that we no look doubt. forward to every single day. So thank you very much, Eric, for the kind words. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, you guys make the show just as much as we do. I mean, we we bring the knowledge and the insight and stuff from the locker room. And, you know, today we had a chance to talk to Marquise Watts, who yeah. had a very nice game. Um, boy, that dude is rocked up, man. Like he is. <laughs> he's 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 not the biggest dude. He's he's like like the 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 like the weightlifter version of Shaq Barrett. I'm not saying Shaq doesn't lift; he does, but he's not like Marquise Watts. Like this dude is rocked up, and uh, we're going to see more of, of Marquise Watts for sure this week. Uh, Todd Bull said he's definitely earned some playing time, and uh, it's been a long time coming for this guy. But he is he's coming, uh, and and he's going to get more reps. Uh, yeah, yeah, Diaby's going to get more reps. Good. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Diaby is going to get more reps. 
And as it as it turns out with um, with Joe Trinshawinka, you know, he might continue to see his reps decrease a little bit, you know, and uh, if he keeps doing stuff like missing sacks and quarterbacks like he did last year against Brock Purdy, then then that's going to continue. But uh, the Buccaneers, they've got a, a tall task ahead of them. Let's kind of dive into the preview a little bit, Matt, here. Look, looking at at the, the offensive side of the ball, we talked to Baker Mayfield today as well. And the, the thing that just jumps out at you is the 49ers front four. We talked about the Eagles defensive line back in week three and how formidable they are with all the talent. It's like an embarrassment of riches with all the first-round picks. Kind of the same thing in San Francisco. Maybe not – to the degree, but but maybe to the degree. When you've got uh, Nick Bosa and new addition Chase Young. You're right. And you've got Eric Armstead, a uh, longtime 49er up there. It, those are three first-rounders. And you see them sack the hell out of Trevor Lawrence there. They sacked him five times. They picked him off twice. They just demolished the Jaguars last week. But you've got Armstead, Bosa, and Chase Young up front. Three first-rounders. And then really, you know, Javon Hargrave, he's he's a, you know, uh, right there, number 98. He's probably the, the best defensive lineman this year. He and, and Nick Bosa are tied for the team lead with four and a half sacks. And, of course, he played with the Eagles, played with the Steelers before that. So he's he's a phenomenal defensive player. And then you you kind of get into some of the other guys that they have on their depth chart. And, um, you know, it's, it's like a – Former first-round pick of the Raiders, Cleveland Farrell, is you know is a backup. Javon Kinlaw not really lived up to the promise there at defensive tackle, but he's a first-rounder. He's uh, in in that kind of wave there. Uh, Randy Gregory, former Cowboys pass rusher, he's he's uh, in there as as a backup behind Nick Bosa. So they they've got some real talent up front, and and uh, I think Baker Mayfield kind of talked about it today. They're going to have to get rid of the ball pretty quickly with this front four, because when the 49ers bring pressure, they got two absolute aces, a linebacker and Fred Warner and, and Dre Greenlaw, Matt, but they don't have to bring pressure. These, these guys, yeah. these front four, they can make life very difficult for the Bucks offensive line, especially in the middle where we saw Aaron Stinney, Cody Malk, Robert Hainsey struggle with Jeffrey Simmons last week. Um, you know, it's not so much the tackles, right? You've got get and you got Werfs. But it's it's that interior where you might see Javon Hargrave really go off this game. Therein lies the problem is, you know, you, you hope that Bosa goes up against Tristan Wirfs and you say, OK, you can neutralize that matchup. But you can only neutralize so many matchups. So, right. yeah, like Armstead there. I mean, they they just watched the tape of what Simmons did to the interior defensive line yeah. of the Buccaneers. And obviously the Bucs were still able to put enough points on the board, but Simmons still had his imprint on the game. So you think Armstead, you know, they're going to put him against Hainsey at times. I'm sure they're going to put him against Cody Malk. That's probably their best yeah. matchup right there. And what is scary is you can say, all right, well, the best way we'll combat that is something that the Bucks have done very well is that screen game. We talked about Rashad White with the 43-yarder. Yeah. But when you have – when you <laughs> as great as this defensive line is for the 49ers – you can make the case that Fred Warner and, and Greenlaw are the two best players at their position on yeah. a 49ers defense, which is already fantastic. Those yeah. linebackers are going to sniff out the screenplay exactly. as soon as, you know, Rashad White starts trailing over to the sideline just a yep. little bit. So the, the screen game has been insanely effective 
for the Buccaneers over the past couple of games. But that might be negated right away just because of these two fantastic linebackers. So you wonder to yourself, how are the Bucs going to get out of these, you know, second and third and long situations? Because as we said, I don't see the run game greatly improving. Now, if you want to involve Devin Tompkins a little bit more, I think this is the week where you really have to. End around. Yeah, Yeah, or get Chris Godwin some opportunities where you're immediately going to it. Yeah. I, I think a lot of misdirection in this game can really, really help the Buccaneers. You, you look at some of the um, the issues that the 49ers had in games that they lost, the Vikings most notably. You know, you had mm-hmm. you had guys going across the field. They tried to exploit one of the matchups. I believe they had a corner out in the game, so they exploited, you know, their third and fourth string corner that, that was playing. But the 49ers right. are, are much more healthy. So even if you stop both uh, – up the middle has been the biggest yeah. indictment of the Bucks defense. And I worry that we'll be in another situation. With the Bucks offense. The Bucks offense. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Now, what's worrisome is well, Matt, let me let me just stop you right there because you're exactly right. The, the middle is suspect, and, and the middle of the 49ers defense is exactly where it's strong, right? You mm-hmm. just mentioned uh you know Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw and I was talking about Javon Hargrave and, and Eric Armstead right just go right down the middle and if you look just statistically speaking just in terms of big plays splash plays right Fred Warner's got a pair of sacks oh and he's also the leading tackler no surprise yeah. 78 he's got five tackles for loss he's got six passes defensed he's got three interceptions he's got two forced fumbles right but it doesn't just you know stop there if you look at at the number of interceptions and where they're coming from, Fred Warner has three. Uh, Tanaloa Hufanga, the safety, he yep. has three, right? He's a Pro Bowl safety. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson has got one. Uh, Oren Burks, the other linebacker, he's got one. So there's so much action happening in the middle of the field in terms of takeaways. Their corners are, are pretty good. Javarius Ward, he's yep. got a pair of picks. Uh, Diamador Lenore, he's got a pair of picks. So it's not like like those guys are um, – they're not Pro Bowl caliber corners, but they're not bad either. That's probably where, you know, if you're Mike Evans, you want to attack. But at the same time, man, up the middle, that that's just – that's like playmaker alley for, for uh, this 49ers defense. No question about it. And what concerns me is, you know, you go back to the toughest opponents that the Bucs have played, the Eagles and the Lions. Yes, they were able to – hang tough with these teams and, and punch back a little bit. But by the time yeah. it got to the fourth quarter, you already have that feeling, that sinking feeling that the game was done. Yeah, I worry with as good as this pass rush is, and we've seen with Baker before, Baker gets so many passes knocked down at the line yeah. of scrimmage. And I just worry that um, they're going to tee off on this offensive line and against yeah. Baker because Baker's going to have to be in a throwing situation. So mm-hmm. if they can't get the screen game going, I would actually, and I've hated this before, I would like to see more direct screens like immediately to Chris Godwin, even if yeah. you want to give Mike one or two, because I think the best way to attack this team, if the cor- there's not really a lot of weaknesses, but yeah. again, with your best guys, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I think – Short and intermediate, you might mm-hmm. even have to just get rid of the run game and say our short passes are going to be right. our run game. And yes. screw it. First down, three-yard pass. Second down, three-yard pass. Third down, four-yard pass. That's still a first down. It's not the right. sexiest style of offense. But I don't think the deep shots are going to be there for the Bucks in this game. 
And if they are, Baker's going to line up and it's going to get knocked down. So yeah. I think short but slow and steady can really help the Bucs win this game because they're not going to be effective. Baker's not going to have a ton of time to throw yeah. down the field. And sure, he'll escape a, a couple of times, but I don't see it happening every single time. And in this type of matchup, especially with the 49ers defense against the Bucks offense, there's not really a margin for error. Oh, there is. And that's why I'm hoping special teams will be a big thing uh, in this game yeah. for the Bucs. You're writing about that. In, steal a drive. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're writing about that in your round table. And, and I thought it was very well said. And one thing I, I'm going to say is, is like, like empty the bag of tricks, man. Yes. Like throw the kitchen sink at this team. If you're Todd Bowles, go for it on fourth and four, right? Don't punt the ball. Um, just do whatever you can. Uh, it, have, have a, uh, play it loose mentality, right? Like you've got nothing to lose. Just go into the 49ers game and just say, hey, this this is the better team. And uh, I kind of use the David and Goliath, you know, uh, example in, in the, the round table. David did not lead with the sword. He led with, with the slingshot. Why? Because he had to use a bit of a gimmick to beat the giant. And then once the giant was, you know, was knocked over with a yeah. slingshot to the face, then he went over and used the sword. But um, you're not going to conventionally beat the 49ers. They're too good. Matt, you and I were talking today at the team facility at the press conferences. This is a veteran team. They know how to win. And, and they're, they're like a shark. When, when, you know, when there's blood in the water, they'll finish you off, right? You don't, you don't get to be a good team without throwing 30 and 34 points on teams. And, and they've done that And every win they've had, they've buried their competition. And, and so, you, you got to give yourself a bit of a puncher shot uh, gimmicks, trick plays, fake punts, as you mentioned, Matt, on special teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th this is the game to do it because you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't. So playing conservative and going our guys versus your guys, you know, our best versus your best, their best is better. They just are. They're, they're a better team. There's nothing wrong with saying that this was a team that was in the NFC championship game last year. Yeah. Could have beaten the Eagles if they had a quarterback, right? I mean, that was the marquee matchup, San Fran and the, and the Eagles, the two best teams in the NFC last year. And maybe you throw the Lions in the mix this year, but when it's all said and done, if it's Eagles and 49ers again, nobody's going to be surprised. And it's not like this team is just on the come up, like, oh, they had a good season last year. They were in the Super Bowl back in 2019 with right. Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Yeah. Like, they have had sustainable success yeah. for quite a while. And let's face it, the Bucs are getting them at a bad time. Like, if this was a couple weeks ago when they were way more vulnerable, right. they were a wounded yeah. animal, the 49ers are healthy now. And you yeah. can look at three-game losing Daniel's streak. back. Christian McCaffrey's Trent back. Trent Williams is back. Williams is back, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you look at when the 49ers lost, that first one, Brock Purdy's first ever loss uh, mm -hmm. in a regular season game against the Browns. All those guys you mentioned got hurt, and Debo was out, and it was a rainy, sloppy, ugly yeah. game against the Browns. They still had a chance to win, mm -hmm. and their kicker missed it That's at right. the end. When they are fully healthy, they are almost unbeatable, it, it feels like. And Debo Samuel drives so much of that offense. Because they got a look like Trent Williams played in that game against the Vikings. Yep. Christian McCaffrey, when they lost to the Vikings. Christian McCaffrey played for a little bit in that game against the Vikings. The fact that they didn't have Debo, and I still think you know the 49ers are a great team no matter what. But right. Debo is the straw that stirs the drink yep. for that team. And that's what makes it terrifying for the Bucs. On the mm -hmm. defensive side of the football, because they stink at playing zone. We've already established that. Yeah. They've done so well at playing man, but Debo Samuel 
annihilates people in man to man. You can't guard him one on one. And well, as and, and, seen, and you is... get a speedy guy in, in Brandon Aoke. You've got a speedy exactly. tight ends in, in Kittle. In, in Kittle. You've got Christian McCaffrey. You can hurt you as a runner or a receiver. There's just so many weapons that you you can take away two guys. You can take away Samuel and McCaffrey and Kittle. And Io can beat you. I mean, they're just there's there's reminds so many you of the the 2020 and the 2021 Bucks offense. That's right, exactly. Uh, Matt, you mentioned injuries. Um, well, first of all, let's get the super chat. Do we yeah. have the injury report here? Uh, Callie Bucks 499. Appreciate you your support, Callie. Uh, I was at Levi Stadium last year. Unfortunately, I will be there again this Sunday. Oh, boy. I'm rooting for an upset, but I'll be happy if they keep it close. Yeah, I think progress is is a thing. You know what? Moral victories aren't victories; they're losses, but. Um, but yeah, I think that if this team can, can keep it interesting and hang in there, um, Hey, if they lose 28 to 10, it's technically an improvement from last season. True. <laughs> it's true, man. I love your optimism. Uh, speaking of optimism, there's, there's some optimism here and for a couple of players on the injury report. So the 49ers, uh, cause it's like three hours away on the, the West coast still probably either haven't practiced or are practicing now, but the bucks put their injury list out. We'll have the 49ers in a couple of hours. Carlton Davis is back. Full participation with the toe injury. Mike Evans, quadricep injury. Limited participation. I expect him to be a full go on Sunday. Uh, also back is Matt Filer at left guard. There will be a, an interesting decision. Aaron Stinney, who struggled against Jeffrey Simmons. But if I'm being honest, I think Matt Filer would have struggled with Jeffrey Simmons last week. Uh, but Filer is back with, the, with his uh, knee injury. Um, he's a full participant. Lou Gedeke missed practice today. Uh, they don't think it's too much of a concern, more of a rest thing, uh, but he's got a foot injury. Josh Hayes, the the special teams uh, uh, gunner, ace from Kansas State, wearing my, my purple shirt this week for the Rivalry. Sunflower Showdown against yeah. KU. Uh, but Josh Hayes had a concussion, missed last week. He's limited, so it's trending in a positive way for him to uh, maybe return to action this week. Ryan Neal, the safety, thumb injury. Did not participate, and Devin White foot injury did not participate. So, um, something to keep an eye on there tomorrow, Matt, for sure. Looking at, at Ryan yeah. Neal and Devin White, and and uh, and seeing if they make some progress. And same with Luke Gedeke. Yeah, remember Devin White did have a foot injury in last week's game. Now he yeah. he only missed like a play or two, and then he was able to come right. back. I also find it a little bit funny. Like Todd Bowles got asked about Gedeke today, and he's like, "Yeah, he's got a foot." Yeah. It's like, yeah, he actually has he has two of them. He has two but, feet, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I always find that funny, but that's yeah. just dumb and random. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you to Michael for this dollar ninety-nine super chat who says offense seems to be improving. Sadly, we play the 49ers. Yeah, I do think that the offense is trending in the right direction. This is something I, I talked to yeah. Chris Godwin today about, just because Baker had mentioned we want to peak at the right time with this offense. He didn't say that right. we have peaked just yet. Yeah. But I asked Chris, like, how close are you to to kind of finding that that rhythm with the offense where you feel like you can do anything that you want to do in this offense week in and week out? And he said, I feel much closer that we're going to be able to get there. I feel much closer. And he said, it's really just building on top of what we've done the week before. Now, again, yeah. when you score 37 points against the Texans, it's quite difficult to say, oh, we're going to build on top of that and score 42 next week right. or, or whatever it is. But I, I do like that they at least stacked solid performances where right. you went out against the Titans and there was never that complete clunker, never that yeah. stalemate that they had in, in the Texans game, despite scoring 37 points. That third quarter, 
they like barely got 55 yards in, in that quarter. Yeah. It just didn't do anything. There wasn't that just slow-mo, like, oh, my God, everything is off the rails in that game against the Titans. And, again, it's it's the Titans. It's, yeah. You're not playing the 49ers anymore. But I, I can appreciate that the offense is at least starting to get it together and start trending yeah. in the right direction. And Rashad White stepping up, I think, has yeah. been an important factor in that. And as we talked about, just Baker Mayfield playing – so, so much better over the, the last two games has uh, yep. has put this team in a spot where, I don't know, I don't think they're going to win, but I think that they can play better than a 35-7 to loss the year before. I agree. I agree. We appreciate the super chat from Michael, too. Um, you know, kind of echoing that that thought their offense seems to be improving. Sadly, we played the 49ers. Yep. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just how it is. Uh, Good, good comment here from JB. Missed last year's Niners game flying back from Hawaii. I'm going to miss this year's Niners matchup flying to New York. If you don't see it, it can't hurt you, right? That's, That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could just check on your phone every now and then, but it doesn't hurt yeah. the same if you see, oh, they're losing versus like, oh my God, they're, yeah. they're losing as you, uh, as you point to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul Richardson, why did they refuse to run Tucker? It's, it's basically, um, it's pass protection. They just, they're not in a point where they trust him just yet. And I think Chase Edmonds had a couple of really good pass protection blocks. Yes. And yes. He really he did. did. Yeah. He, he kind of uh, buttered his bread uh, in some pass protection duty. And that's really what it, what it boils down to. It's it, and sometimes for rookies, especially when you're a feature back at a school like Syracuse where they run the ball a lot, yep. you just don't get the pass protection reps. And so you're kind of behind the eight ball and, and more so than anything, it's not even like a technique issue. Uh, sometimes it's it's just an identification issue, right? The the fronts are so complicated in the NFL. That's true. Where, where the the blitz is coming from, where the protections coming from. Who's the from. free man that the running back exactly? Is to get. Yeah, and sometimes it's just identifying that guy because if you if you line up here and somebody you know is is showing that they're coming and they bail and all of a sudden you get you know a a, a linebacker coming through the gap and you miss it, you get your quarterback killed. Yeah, can't have that. Though it would be trash time. Um, anyway, <laughs> shout out to the, the trash fans out there. Yeah. Uh, Catamax, the $5 super chat. Thank you to Catamax, who says, getting pressure will be tough against the Niners, let alone finishing tackles against Purdy when we have pressure. Purdy danced all over us last year. Yeah, Todd Bowles yeah. highlighted gang tackling and just making sure you make the initial tackle is is going to be super important. And, you know, last week we we called upon the outside linebackers to play better. And they absolutely did. Now, a big part of that was because they played Yaya Diaby and and Marquise Watts got uh, got in on there. So, and and the the pressure was there and it was there consistently. Yeah. But this is a huge test. I mean, Trent Williams against either Yaya or Shaq or, yeah. or Marquise Watts or whatever they decide to do with the rotation of outside linebacker. I do worry. I'm not even going to say that the Bucks' pass rush will regress. It's just going up against such a good yeah. offensive line that you're not – it will regress for one week. And I do worry if they're not able to get to Brock Purdy at all, well, then, you know, it's all said and done in that yeah. game because well, that, it, that's, it rattled, that's rattled Purdy before. I mean, you can say yeah. it with any quarterback, but, I mean, man, if, if you're not generating at least consistent pressure or getting in his face here and there yeah. – if he could just sit back like he did last season against the Bucs, Debo's going to have over 100. Kittle's going to have a touchdown, right. and everyone everyone's going to have a touchdown in the game. Yeah, that's right. And and so the other thing too is is 
is if, if Ryan Neal's on the field, like he's a liability in pass coverage. And and really the, the one the one thing, and I'm not trying to pick on the guy because I, I like him. I think he's got a good future. Is just going through some rookie growing pains. The the one guy in the secondary that we just we kind of failed to mention that just is very inconsistent is Christian Isian, the rookie out of Rutgers. He's an undrafted free agent and kind of for a reason. Um, he he's not been great uh, in terms of of his coverage in the slot. And whether it's zone not getting to his landmarks at the right time, or just you know not not being effective in, in man coverage, he had a great start to his rookie season with a couple of interceptions in the first two games. It's kind of fizzled out after that. So uh, they're hoping that he kind of rebounds a little bit, but he is also part of the problem. And so that that's that that we have to kind of say that just to be honest. Um, speaking of secondary. Uh, Scott, any thoughts on Carlton Davis foot injury possibly being the big reason he was getting cooked last week at, against the Texans? Yeah, I think so, right, Matt? I mean, you, you kind of have to – when you miss a game because of a toe injury, and it was a toe injury that caused him to miss a couple of games. Yeah. And, and, Matt, you and I even said it after week one, after the Minnesota Vikings game, when when he missed that game in week two, we're like, uh-oh. Like, toe injuries don't really get better. They linger. They yeah. linger like an mf Yeah, they, they don't get better until – the off season, right now. Yeah. You, they, they might get better well enough for you to play, but it's not going to be feeling good. You're not going to recover from that until the off season. Yeah. And we, Carlton did speak today and he said that he is feeling better and he should, he said he should be good to go this week. And obviously that's more telling with him fully participating, but it really wouldn't shock me down the stretch. If it's like, up oh, Carlton plays this week, up oh, Carlton's yeah. out this week and up oh, Carlton plays this week. And, uh, He's uh he's unavailable the, the following week. Now yeah. it's tough because they, as we've talked about ad nauseum, it will come down to the last game of the season where yeah. uh, for the Bucks to clinch. But I don't know. Maybe when you play the Panthers in a couple of weeks, maybe you can rest him for one of those games because you do trust Sion more um, as a starter now than you did last yeah. season. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be a week by week thing with Carlton for sure. I agree. Long lost laser Watts and Diaby Diaby becoming legit edge rushers would make this season worth whatever the outcome may be. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think Marquise Watts has starter potential and I, and I know that, that you and I agree, Matt, that, uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Diaby has that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two guys might end up being maybe next year, the two starting outside linebackers. If Watts, continues to ascend and Diaby as well. I mean, th- these guys have a lot of physical talent and if they can tap into it and really become consistent players, you've got those guys, you've got Kalaja Kansi and Vita Bay in the middle. And, you know, maybe if Logan Hall can get his act together, who knows, but, but man, th- that's, that's not a bad front four to, to work with there on third downs. If you've got Watson, Diaby and, and Kalaja Kansi and Vita Vea, you know. And it's a very young group. I mean, Vita very would, be, Vita would yeah. be the oldest out of that group, and he's still very young and obviously the, the best player right. amongst the group. So, yeah, I mean, that that's very exciting. As old as they're getting at linebacker and uncertain that they'll be at linebacker, yeah. they'll be extremely young on the defensive front that's and right. fairly young, you know, uh, in the secondary as well. I mean, Carlton and, and Jamel have been here for a while, and they're in the mm-hmm. middle of their contracts, but Izian – is a rookie and Antoine's still very young and playing as yeah. the best player uh, on defense. So right. there is some optimism for next season with the, with the Buccaneers for sure. Yeah. I got like a super chat. Let's get to this one real quick, Matt. This is, this is for you since you're, yeah. 
your your versus a little more jets i, I have a little more knowledge about the jets yeah. and, and then uh maybe your average uh fan in tampa or person in tampa uh, i like rice bish says uh what does pr think of michael carter yeah so michael carter uh the running back was just because michael carter the cornerback defensive back also plays for the jets but the running back um Michael Carter was let go by the Jets, and he was essentially their their third down back. The Jets have Brees Hall and uh, and Dalvin Cook as well, and they got Izzy Abondaconda from Pittsburgh, and that's why yeah. they, they want to give him yeah. some more opportunities. So Michael Carter Izzy. was let He's go. A good player, yeah. Michael Carter had a great great rookie season back mm-hmm. in 2021, but um, he's kind of just plateaued from there. Um, this season. He's had some costly drops. He had a he had a very costly um, chop block penalty, pass blocking mm-hmm. against the, the the Raiders on on Sunday Night Football. I think as like a third stringer, I think he's very solid. He's better than Keyshawn Vaughn, and he can pass block. I know he had that penalty right there, but he's used to being a third down back, which is something right. with Sean Tucker that we said could be an issue for him. So, do I think the Bucks should take a flyer on him? Yeah, I think they should take a flyer on Michael Carter and cut Keyshawn Vaughn, and you immediately put an upgrade yeah. to your running back depth. And as we talked about with Chase Edmonds, he does get injured all the time. So if if Chase Edmonds ends up getting hurt between now and the end of the season, you can implement Michael Carter in on third downs. It's not going to be a crazy, crazy upgrade. He's not going to save the running game for the Bucks right. by any means, but he's capable – I'm I'm willing to bet he would average more than the yards per rushing attempt that Keyshawn Vaughn has. I think it'd be an upgrade in the running back room. And, you can do that, Matt. Yeah, and you know it's difficult to find that at this point of the season when the trade deadline's done. So I yep. would definitely take a look at it. Yep. Uh, Richie P with the ten dollars super chat. Thank you, Richie. He says one. I'm feeling like we have seen enough of Joe Tryanchanka to know who he is. Two. Logan Hall has single handedly hurt our defense. And offense, parentheses, Ryan Jensen injury. Yeah. I need to see something from him by the end of the year. Yeah. You're not alone in that thinking. That is exactly uh, what the powers that be in the Bucks brass are thinking about both those guys. And I think that's why you're seeing Marquise Watts uh, get more playing time. And, and even ahead of Cam Gill, you did the, the snap counts, Matt, on Monday. And uh, he, I think he outsnapped him, what, 11 to 4, right? Marquise Watts to Cam Gill. Is that right? 11 to 4? Yeah, Marquise Watts, first yeah, first time playing and got yeah. uh, 11 snaps. Cam Gill would only get one or two right. uh, per game. So, yeah, maybe you'll see even more about yeah. that. And with Logan Hall, I don't think it's a secret. Like, again, they just took the training wheels off of Kalijah Kansi. He's still getting his feet wet yeah. and already outsnapped Logan Hall yeah. and even outsnapped Vita Vail. Like, they're putting yeah. all the chips forward with Kalijah Kansi. As they should. He's he's uh, he and Vita Vea are the top two, and then there's a big drop off there. And I think I think Will Golston's probably a more reliable yeah. defensive lineman ahead of of Logan Hall. So it's kind of that balance of like we, we got to play Logan Hall so he gets the snaps, so he can get experience, so he can show us something, right? Yeah. Because he's not going to show you anything on the sidelines. You got to play him, but at the same time, it's like the you know he has not had a statistic, not even ha- like an assist. Yeah. Since the Detroit game, right? And he's played a lot. He, he did miss, uh, what, the Texans game with the, yes. the groin? Yeah. Okay, so or you give him a pass there. But he played last week, played against the Bills, and then we got hurt in the warm-ups there. But, you know, he's he's under the gun, man. 
Uh, one thing that that I, I think, whether whether you like Jason Light or you don't like him, one thing I think you have to admire about Jason Light is there are no sacred cows. Uh, yeah. He he will move on from you quickly, right? It's like he cuts uh, Roberto Aguayo after yeah. investing a second round pick after one year, boom, gone. Uh, he signed Michael Johnson, one of his first free agent signings. Lovey Smith wanted him, but he signed him, and he was gone after one year. Uh, Anthony Collins has gone after one year. Uh, so there, there's there's been plenty of free agents that he has invested money in, draft picks, high draft picks he invested money in, that he's quick to move on. If you don't live up to your draft billing or your paycheck, well, on to the next one. Um yeah, that's that's the worst thing about general managers in this league is is making a bad personnel decision and then having the ego to hang on to it. And Jason Light, he's got his faults, but that's not one of them. He he will move on from mistakes pretty quickly. Yeah, and it's sometimes it's tough to overcome that type of uh, personnel mistakes, but Jason has been able to pivot very well. Um, yeah. Some breaking news: we can already put an end to the discussions about Michael Carter because he was claimed by the Arizona Cardinals. So yeah. Michael Carter will not be coming to Tampa Bay. But if I had my pick on the waiver wire, and say we weren't talking about like NFL players, we were talking yeah. about energy drinks. Yeah. My first pick, of course, would be Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Check out some of their newest flavors, which include the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. But there's so many awesome different flavors. The sparkling orange, the orange pomegranate, the sparkling watermelon, Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. There are no sugar. There is no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. So uh, if you've never had Celsius before and you want to try it, or maybe you're in a, a new area or on vacation or something and you need to know where to find one, go to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you can pick one up. It may be a Walmart, maybe a 7-Eleven. Might just be a health and fitness store. Or if you're lucky enough to live in a certain area, you could be picking one up at your bodega. Bodega. And after you keep going to your bodega and you pick them up and you're like, wow, I love these so much. And I do love my local bodega, but I wish my bodega would sell them in bulk. You can get Celsius in bulk. I'd recommend getting the variety pack as variety spice of love life. You go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can uh, have Celsius sent to your residence whenever you want. Every week, month, quarterly, yearly, you are in charge. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com, the Peter Report podcast, and of course, the Peter Game Day show, which will be coming up once again this Sunday for Bucks versus 49ers. That's right. It's going to be uh, a fun weekend. Uh, to watch the Buccaneers not lose by as many as they did last year. That's right. the goal. I'm trying to keep it positive, people. Come on. I mean, we told you this like months ago that, that um, you know, the Eagles, the Lions, the 49ers, the Bills, they're going to lose to these teams, and they have, and they're going to. That's you okay. Gotta... It's okay because the rest of the season – they have a chance. They have a chance to win the NFC South. Yeah. All the, the, this this is just a an aberration. The real season starts after the 49ers game against the Colts. Colts very all, true. All way on out. And the only so. game that looks truly lopsided after the 49ers game is the Christmas Eve game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And quite honestly, I think the Jaguars are a little overrated. Yeah, I agree. Overrated. I mean, they got smoked by the 49ers, and they lost to the Houston Texans. Look at their yeah. schedule. Look at the, all the other teams that they beat 
this yeah. season. But the Steelers, I guess they deserve credit for, even though the Steelers have no offense at all whatsoever. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's get to the super chat from Matt Daria. Thank you, Matt, for the $5 super chat. Great name. Says, last year we dealt with a lot of injuries. Or Doria. Anyway, uh, going into the Niners game. If we can stay healthy this week, I think we can pull off the upset win. Matt, you are quite optimistic. Yeah. I don't know. I think full strength and 49ers, I think we can say are full strength, mostly. Full strength versus full strength, you still got to give the nod to the 49ers. Bucks full strength versus 49ers missing one key player? I still think you give that nod to the San Francisco 49ers. This is going to be a really, really, really tough matchup whether it's personnel against personnel, whether it's the Shanahan offensive system against Todd Bowles defense that struggles against Mm -hmm. that style of offense. You can pinpoint not just the 49ers game, but you can look at games games they've had against the Rams that have a similar offense. This is just an offense that gives Todd Bowles fits for whatever reason. You know, I I wonder just the familiarity with, with Dave Canales having to play the 49ers twice a year, right? Up there in Seattle. If if that doesn't help, if that doesn't help get the Bucks more points on the board than just the seven that they got. Maybe, maybe it's an X factor. You know, we'll see. We'll we'll know by seven o'clock Sunday night, right? Um, we'll, we'll see. But long lost leisure. We're all hoping Logan Hall can become Will Golston and that ship is starting to sail. Totally agree. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. Common sense. I honestly forgot about Logan Hall. That's how invisible he is to me. Yeah, you're not alone in that thinking, man. Um, a lot of eyes over there on Logan Hall waiting for him to to do something. Yeah, and uh, and if not, um, it's not going to be good for Logan Hall. He's got a, he's He's been given a year and a half to develop. He started this year, right? He's been a starter where he was a wave player last year. This is the season. You gotta you gotta stand and deliver here. And and if not, they're you know, he'll be he'll be a backup next year and he won't get the playing time. They'll have another starter next to Vita Vea and Kalaja Kansi. Arguably the best thing Logan Hall has done this season is he did a kip up in a game. For those that don't know he what did. a kip up is, is like when you're it, it happens in wrestling a lot yeah. where you're on the ground and you're able to jump up and land on your feet from right. on your back on the ground. It's very difficult to do. With no body weight at all, it's extremely yeah. difficult to do when you have a helmet and shoulder pads and and pads yeah. on. So that was very impressive, but it has not translated to, uh, right. you know. Well, it, you know what else is impressive? What's impressive is the Eric Gross group when it oh, comes yeah. to, to finding houses. That's just houses. Let, let's not say houses. Let's say homes, really, because that's that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a house that's really a home, and it starts with uh, with the square footage and the amount of bathrooms and bedrooms and how big the garage is, all those things are important. But really what's important is where you're going to live, right? The neighborhood. And that's where the Eric Gross group really comes into play because Eric is a Tampa native. His father was stationed at the Bigdale Air Force Base. He knows this area like the back of his hand. He's part of the EXP Realty Group. The Eric Gross group is affiliated with the EXP Realty Group. They have 85,000 agents across the country that if you're moving to Florida, can help you sell your home wherever you're living and then find the place that you want right here in, in the Tampa Bay area or in Florida. And they can do the same for you if you have to leave and move out of state or around the state. That's how good the Eric Gross Group is. If you don't believe me, go to their website, housesinfla.com. Check out the website. It's got a great layout to it. 
It is uh, got all of their inventory on it uh, and do even better. Give Eric a call himself, 513-907-4271. Talk some Tampa Bay football. Uh, it's a great conversation starter when you are already rooting for the same team that this guy is. And he, you're going to want him on your team because the Eric Gross Group, they can take the pressure off of finding the right home for you or selling your home. So no matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome at the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, visit the website, housesinfla.com. Uh, let's get to a couple videos from today's yep. today's good old uh, participation over at the Advent Hell Training Center. Uh, first, we got Todd Bowles talking about Marquise Watts, how, how he's looked, and will or will he not get more playing time? Of course, you know, producing. He's gone against Luke and Tristan every day, and we give him the, the best pass rusher of the week so he can give them guys work because he works hard nonstop, and he's been giving them fits. And because he's been giving them fits and they've been blocking well the ball games, a lot of that is a credit to him. So we said, you know, he deserves a shot. Let's see what he does on Sunday. He went out and did the same thing. So we really like where he's at right now, and he's coming along good. Did he earn more playing time that way? or He should earn some playing time. Hey, I'm sorry. Watts looks like he's been doing it for quite a while, which yeah. like some guys like they, they just when you get your first opportunity at it, he just looks like smooth and ready. Yeah. And he, he looks like a veteran that's that's been doing it. This, for. this team's going to be kicking itself for not playing him earlier in the season. Yeah. Just well, <laughs> we've seen that happen before time yep. and time again. Uh, this next video, Todd Bowles just talking a little bit about facing the 49ers offense and Brock Purdy, what he's seen from him from, mm -hmm. Last year's matchup to now, and then also thrown in the video is Baker Mayfield. This is a question from Peter Report's own Adam Slavon, who um, asked Baker about last year Baker played against the 49ers yeah. when he was with the Carolina Panthers, and it did not go well. Guys that we faced uh, recently, so all of them can do a lot of things, and obviously Kittles is in there as well. So, you know, we just got to be able to tackle. We got to be where we need to be at the right time. We got a game tackle. Obviously, he's played quite a few games. Is the approach different uh, in facing him? I hope the results are different. Obviously, you know, they beat us pretty good last year, and some things we got to change and we learn from. And hopefully, that changes for the better. But he's a good quarterback. He's a good football player. He's a smart football player. Uh, Kyle plays smart football player. He takes care of the ball. He knows where to go with the football, and he can use his feet when he needs to. So it's going to be, other than the other weapons they have, that's a challenge in itself with him using his feet as well. Oh, he played San Francisco. Uh, what do you Wasn't pretty? Yeah, but what do you recall about that game and like some of the challenges that they uh, provide? Um, it was a physical game. I'll say that. You know, it's obviously you can't exactly relate when it's a different system, different organization. But um, playing San Francisco at any time, no matter who you're with, they're going to be physical. Um, they're going to line up and and have a really good game plan. But they. They've had great players for a lot of years now, so they're going to put their guys in good positions to win. And so, um, like I said earlier, their front's amazing, but it allows those linebackers to be able to play free. And those are those are two really smart linebackers that um, their recognition of plays is is a huge difference going up against their defensive. You know, you have to be on time. And this last video, uh, Baker Mayfield talking about what he's been most pleased with with his play and the offense through the first half of the season. First, the, the leadership aspect. What, what are you most most pleased with in this first half? Um, 
between the leadership and then, yeah, I think you mentioned the turnovers. As long as we take care of the ball offensively, um, yeah, our defense is playing well enough to be able to, we don't have to blow people out to, to win games. And so we don't have to score that many points. So as long as we take care of the ball, staying manageable down in distances, we, we should be good. So, um, it, but at the same time, we also should be scoring more than 20 um, each game. And there's definitely a lot of points that we left on the board. So it, it's knowing that we don't have to, stress or, or press too much to score that many points, but we definitely have the capability to do it. And we need to grow into that and, and learn that we should be able to score closer to 30 each game. If you think that the Bucks are going to score 30 on uh, Sunday, first of all, God bless you. But secondly, <laughs> secondly, uh, you might want to pick some of the higher numbers of, uh, of Bucks players on underdog fantasy. The pickums are so much fun to do week in and week out. You can see my picks coming up this Friday on on Peter Picks and Props. But if you want to play it underdog fantasy, you just pick higher or lower on a couple of different players. It has to be at least two, one from each team. You can win up to 20 times your uh, your uh, 20 times your money of what you put in. Um, if you do the pickums, they also got the rivals, you got the uh, in-season tournaments as well. So use that promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and get a first deposit bonus with using underdog fantasy and um yeah 20 times your money you can pick all the way up to five players so that'll get you that 20 times but underdog fantasy promo code pewter that's p-e-w-t-e-r yeah good stuff uh you know just to kind of pick up on something you know baker mayfield said this is why it's so hard to beat the 49ers is because they have so much experience they've got pro bowlers at every level from hufanga in the secondary to uh, warner you know i think Greenlaw is a, a just, I would say just as good, but he's he's in that class yeah. of Fred Warner. That's a one-two punch, man. They're they're really good. For all of the hype Levante, David, and Devin White get, uh, the the best linebacker duo in the NFC, at least, maybe the maybe the NFL period, is Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. They're just so good. And they're just a veteran experienced team. Their front four with Bosa leading the way is just good. It they just it's hard to to find like the the chinks in the armor too you know, to get the arrow in and, and slay them. And um, uh, not to say it can't be done because they've suffered some losses this year. And, but, but I think that you've got to be able to, to score some points. You have to have a little bit of firepower. And I'm just not sure the Buccaneers have enough firepower to, to do that. If you look at the, the, the Bengals certainly do, and, and they yeah. beat them. Um, the, the Vikings, that was a little bit of a kind of a fluky game. Right. Um, uh, so, and, and maybe the 49ers got a little full of themselves after winning five straight to start the season and just, you know, figured maybe we'll show up and win, right? It's only the Browns. It's only the Vikings. At yeah. the same time, though, if you look back, Matt, hindsight, and, and granted, the, the Vikings are a completely different team now than they were a couple of weeks ago, quarterback and all, right? But the Vikings are six and four. The Browns are, what, six, six and six and three. Six and three. Yeah. And the 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 Bengals are five and four. So those three losses came against pretty good teams that all have winning records right now, too. So there there is that to consider. Didn't maybe look that way at the time, but but maybe now we're seeing that those teams that the 49ers lost to, you know, I mean you shouldn't lose to PJ Walker, but the yeah. Bucks did that last and, year. Well, and, and to your point, Scott, only one of those losses was at home, and that right. was to the Bengals and by yeah. far, the Bengals have that the best offense out of those three teams that that the uh, 49ers lost to. You can make a yeah. case for the Vikings, but Justin Jefferson didn't play in that game. So, yeah. Um, and it also, again, it, it wasn't 
it wasn't at home for the 49ers. So they're going to have that home field advantage. I know there's a couple yeah. of a uh, couple of pewter people going to the game that will be rooting for yeah. the Bucs. But um, one thing you can point to a little bit yeah. is at least the Bucs have overall played better at yes. home uh, on the road, you know, for, for whatever reason. Baker said that he likes playing on the road. It's a little right. bit of that us against the world mentality. And they hung tough with the Bills. But how good are the Bills now? I mean, they just had an yeah. egregious loss to the Denver Broncos on yep. Monday Night Football. An embarrassing, an embarrassing loss in the way that they lost with yes. uh, the missing the field goal, but too many men on the field, and the Broncos hit the, the right. field goal because of it. So, you know, how much of a, an inspiring loss is that for how the Bucs mm-hmm. lost on Thursday Night Football? It remains to be seen. It's uh, it's going to be quite, quite tough for, uh, for this group. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it, what's tough is uh, this economy – and trying to figure out what to do with your money. But the folks at Immuni Financial, they have a way of making it easy. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow today. Amy Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Got to get to Colorado at some point in time, right? Whether it's a trip or to retire there. If you're thinking about retirement and it's never too early, make sure that you're giving Immuni Financial a call. Um, they want to help you plan ahead so you can stay ahead when it comes to your finances. Now, managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It's legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Do what I do. I've got most of my financial assets with Immuni. I've been thrilled with the results. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at Immuni.com. By the way, also give us a uh, give us a follow on all of our social media on X, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. We are at Pewter Report. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Pewter Report TV. Please leave a comment as well. It helps grow our audience over at uh, pewterreport.com. We got the podcast four times a week. We got various, various videos that we put up, some film breakdown as well. So really anything Buccaneers that you're looking for, you can find it on our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. So make sure. You check it out. That's going to do it for us on today's show. We got another one coming up tomorrow at 4 p.m. Of course, the Peter Game Day show on Sunday and the Peter Post Game show as well. But until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out. Go Cats. Beat KU.